702. The political desk. Oh, I suppose the political story you cannot ignore, we should never ignore in this democracy, is the story of Marikana. And as we remember what was happening at around this time in August 2012, we need to focus on a story that I don't think is told often enough. Uh, we obviously focus a lot on the 34 miners who were mowed down by the police on the 16th of August, but in the build-up, there were 10 people who were killed, including six mine workers, two lawnmen security guards, and two SAPS members. One of them, for example, Hassan Fundi, was hacked to death and buried without his lips and tongue. Those were slashed off. That was the kind of brutality that led to that infamous phrase by Cyril Ramaphosa of concomitant action against those who had committed the violence. Somebody who was there on the ground, Gia Nicolaides, uh, EWN Assignments Editor and Senior Journalist, also an author, joins us now on the line. Um, Gia, you wrote a book about the events of Marigana and that tragedy, and I remember, of course, seeing you there because I was covering the story too as a reporter. And the reason we were all there before the 16th is that the awful events, the killing had already begun, had it not? That's right. Uh, good morning, Bongani. And, and of course, that was why I was deployed there on Monday, the 13th of August. By that time, those two alignment security guards that, that you spoke about um, had already been hacked to death. And on the day that I arrived um, in Marikana, was when there was the clash between police officers and some of the striking miners. And as a result, three of those miners were killed and another two police officers. The, the, the issue was that when we arrived, we were trying to get information from police on the ground, uh, asking them questions, what had led up to this particular violence. We did know that it was a wage dispute. There was a dispute between the miners and lawnmen. But, of course, there wasn't any concrete evidence as to why, number one, they had gone on strike, what they were demanding at that particular stage. All we had known at that time was that uh, violence had broken out and people were dying. It was an extraordinary story because, of course, uh, it it remains a stain on the democratic uh, system, the democratic government's conscience. Talk to me about the forgotten widows, those who say their family members are not remembered when people think about Marikana, because perhaps politically it's inconvenient to do so. Well, well that's exactly it, uh, Bongani. I think that uh, in the, the lead up to the shooting on the 16th, um, 10 people had died in those few days. Um, one of them, one of those people who had passed away, um, was actually discovered by journalists on the ground. It wasn't police who found uh, some of those uh, uh, people who had passed away. It was the journalists who actually found a body lying in the middle of the salt bay um, below the now infamous copy um, on the outskirts of the Lonman mine. Um, but ultimately, those widows and the families of those victims are often um, put to the side because it wasn't part of that mass group that was killed by police on the 16th. And they, too, are waiting for justice. They are waiting for compensation. And when we talk about Marikana, I, I think it's, it's become common knowledge that people say 34 minors were killed by police on the 16th of August 2012. But many people forget about the families 
of those victims who died in the lead-up to that mass shooting. And those particular widows and those families um, are still grieving and are still trying to find answers, despite a very lengthy uh, commission of inquiry. There are still so many answers um, that, that are needed by those families as to you know, who is responsible, who are the actual people who are responsible for those deaths. And of course, those deaths were fairly brutal, weren't they, Gia? That's right. Um, and, and you spoke about uh, the, the one particular security guard uh, who was mutilated. And, and, and that kind of brutality um, was highlighted. And that was the reason um, that journalists were actually called to the scene in Marikana, a place that was relatively unknown by the general public beforehand. And, you know, uh, you know getting information on the ground, finding out that these bodies of these security guards were mutilated by what we believed at the time was uh, the striking uh, miners. It, it was it was quite uh, something to to understand as to why these security guards had been killed in such a manner. Um, and it was only later, after after the shooting um, and after spending many weeks in Marikana, that we actually understood the complexity of what was happening on the ground. These miners felt a, a great level of distrust. They didn't trust London security. They didn't trust police. They didn't trust journalists. And yes, they acted violently in those days leading up to the shooting. But their grievances weren't highlighted at that particular point. And, and another issue for the journalists is that when we arrived on the ground, they weren't willing to tell us um, what their grievances were. And this was quite unusual having covered many, many protests in yeah. my career. Yeah. Um, uh, when you usually go to a protest, um, the protesters are quite willing to have their voices heard. And as the media, that's what we do. We put their voices out there. But in this case, it didn't happen that way. So it was very difficult to get that information initially. Um, and ultimately, it resulted in that mass shooting. Jenna Kalaidi is their author, EWN Assignments Editor and Senior Journalist on the line, remembering her reflections in the build-up to that big day on the 16th of August 2012. I remember being on the ground, uh, and as I arrived at the copy, I asked uh, some of the protesters who had gathered there, uh, and it was a it was a hot, uh, hot afternoon, hot winter's afternoon, and I was wearing sunglasses, and this chap looked at me and he said, we are here because men wearing shiny suits like you and your glasses came and gave us promises that they did not keep. I very sheepishly, of course, took off those sunglasses and for the whole time I was there, I didn't wear them again.